0: Welcome to the Manifestation Lab. This is your host, Kelly Howe. From the grounded science to the mystical and unseen, we're investigating this big experiment we call life and finding what really works when it comes to manifesting a life that sets your heart and your soul on fire. Welcome to the lab. In 2015, I lost someone really important to me. I lost my dad. He died after a long battle with cancer. And although he fought hard and he actually had a lot of really great years, even when he was dealing with cancer, his loss hit me really hard. I was really naive to think that somehow I already had the tools to override grief and be able to handle it well. But I got to tell you, it was really, really tough for me. It was hard to handle that loss. And while it was painful and I actually felt like my heart had broken. I think we actually do break our heart when we lose someone like that. It also broke open my intuitive abilities. I've always known, I call myself the second grade psychic. <laughs> I've always known that I've got a little bit of that. But after my dad passed away, that connection between he and I was so incredibly strong. In the first few days after he passed, I could actually hear him very clearly as if he was still talking to me. It didn't come through quite in the same way like it does through your ears, but it just that information just flowed to me And it got easier and easier for me to trust that I really was connecting with him. I really was having these intuitive um, gifts and I was experiencing that. My dad and I have stayed extremely connected throughout the years. And um, I believe that losing him has actually been a great gift to me and helping me lean in and trust and stop doubting (laughs) my intuitive abilities. Today, I have a guest. If this interests you, and this is maybe sounds like a story that you can relate to, or you just want to know more about that. You're gonna really enjoy my guest today. Today I'm talking to Brittany Buckwalter. I am a really good friend of Britney's. We are total soul sisters. I think I say that a lot, but <laughs> um, Brittany and I have been friends for a few years. And when I met her, it was like it was like connecting with an energy that just felt so familiar, like we've known each other for thousands of years, and I really believe we have. Brittany is a professional evidential medium. Yes, she talks to dead people guys. She's an intuitive psychic and a spiritual guidance counselor. She is an extremely gifted medium. And if you've never experienced a mediumship, either in a group setting or one-on-one, it can be incredibly healing. You know, people can kind of misconstrue mediums and um, make up a lot of things about what they're doing and why they're doing it. But the thing is, you guys, if you haven't experienced a message from a loved one on the other side that really needed to get a message of maybe forgiveness or compassion or love to you, you just don't even know what you're missing out on. It is incredible. And it is possibly the most healing experience you will ever have if you've lost someone and you feel like your heart's broken. So today we'll get into the conversation with Brittany. She's going to help us learn how to trust her intuition a little bit more, and maybe stop doubting ourselves. We're going to talk about manifestation and what that looks like and how her healing journey has really helped her intuition and helped her profession. And um, I don't even know where else we're going to end up going, but what I know is we're going to have a phenomenal time. So here's Brittany. People probably have an idea of what a psychic is and what a what a medium is, but I would love to hear from your perspective what it is that you do for a living. What do you do for people? How would you describe it?
1: So this is super interesting because I'm in the process of uh, writing a children's class and I wanted to uh, offer the parents a really good definition of what a psychic was and what a medium was, because a lot of people don't even know what the difference is, and um, I discovered that there is not a definition out there that I like. (laughs) So I just wrote my own. Exactly. Right. Because, um, you know, if you like go to, you know, Wikipedia or, you know, um, definitions.com, it all talks about being able to, um, to do things with uh, a power that's unknown. And while I don't understand why I'm able to do what I'm able to do, I know what that power is and I know how to use it. So Mm -hmm. I'm a psychic and I'm an evidential medium. They are completely different things. A psychic is someone who can basically foresee um, things that are going to happen in the future based on impressions, uh, feelings, thoughts. Um, essentially the five clairs. So um, there's clairaudence, which is the ability to hear clairalience, which is the ability to smell clairgustence, which is the ability to taste. Sometimes I'll taste things if they're metally or uh, mm. it's like blood and I'm reading somebody, I'm thinking, Oh man, you know, maybe there's going to be a blood issue here. Check your, check diabetes. Um, there's clairvoyance, which is the ability to see. Um, and let's see, did I say clairaudence? I think you did. I think that was fine. And then there's clairsentience, which is the ability to just feel. So, you know, like, you know, like, you know, but you don't understand how you know that. And that's the psychic side. Um, and then there's the evidential medium side and a hundred percent of that, it goes to spirit. Anything that I get comes from spirit and then it goes through me. So while I am using the five clairs, you know, to communicate with spirit, um, the the place that I'm getting my information from is coming directly from spirit versus as a psychic, the place where my information is coming from is universal. It's uh, my own guides. And then it's just pure um, intuition.
0: So okay. That is I don't think I've ever heard you describe it. <laughs> yeah, no, that was really good. I don't think I've ever heard you describe it quite like that. I like that a lot. And I think it clears some stuff up. So when you're doing a mediumship, reading with somebody, are you kind of doing both? Like, are you getting impressions at the same time? Or is it, it really all just comes directly from that spirit?
1: Uh, you know, um, when I very first began my training, that was a huge uh, issue for me was differentiating whether I'm reading somebody psychically or if I'm getting information for them from spirit. And so um, I kind of developed a, a way to um to go about it, I start off by reading them psychically. Even if I don't tell them that I'm reading them psychically, I, mm-hmm. um, kind of size, size them up and make sure that all of my own impressions that are coming from, um, from the universe and from them, from their energy, uh, is set to the side. And then I'll begin my mediumship reading. Okay. So, um, you know, and, and And spirit is the best psychic in the world. Oftentimes they will bring up things about their loved ones that are, that's going to happen in the future just to save them, you know, whether it be save money or save them emotional distress or, you know, health issues. And I don't consider that psychic. I consider that coming directly from spirit.
0: Right. That makes so much sense. I feel like just hearing you describe that, I mean, I'm getting so much clarity and I feel like I know so much about this stuff. So. I feel like I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense in a whole different way that I've never really let that land before. Right. So talk to me about what, is, have you always known that you were psychic? Have you always known that you were medium? Um, I, I yes,
1: somewhere deep down inside, I think that I always knew, but, um, you know, having a feeling and then having it confirmed is two totally different things. And it's, that's funny because that's kind of what we're, what this is all about. But, um, as a, as a young child, I saw spirit for sure. And I saw them in a form that was, you know, 3d, it was like, you and I are sitting here talking and, um, that's not how I actually see them very often anymore. So I knew from seeing spirit as a small child and then, um, you know, just saying things or feeling like things were gonna happen. um, And then my mom or dad doing them, that kind of gave me a little bit of an inclination, but I always chalked it up to one of two things. Um, It was a coincidence, which I now no longer believe in, Um, (laughs) or I'm just a really good guesser. Right. So good. (laughs) And um, that's where I was for a really long time. And that was kind of a dark place. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that I knew from a very young age that I had something going on, but I had no idea what it actually was.
0: Yeah. So what did that look like? I've heard the story, but I would love for you to tell the story of really learning like, oh shit, I actually do have this. Like, this is a real thing. And not only do I have it, but like, I'm really good at this. Yeah. <laughs> what did that look like? Well, um,
1: I, I became a hairstylist and, um, when people would sit down in my chair and, and I'm thinking I'm was twenties when it's when someone would sit down in my chair, I would get, um, psychic impressions from them. So basically. Um, you know, I'd feel like this person had just eaten at, uh, you know, fiddlesticks restaurant here in town. And they would begin to tell me, yeah, I just got back from fiddlesticks. And I'm like, Whoa. And you know, um, I would do that four or five, sometimes six times throughout a conversation and I would never say to them, Oh my God, I was just thinking about this. But in my mind, I'm like, Whoa. and after a certain period of time, it got to a point where I was like, what the hell is going yeah, on? This is,
0: this is weird.
1: <laughs> and, uh, I, I started reading uh, tarot cards when I was 20, just for fun. I had no clue what I was doing. Um, I went to a local store here in Hannibal called the open book and I bought my first tarot deck and, you know, I had no idea that um, tarot and, you know, being psychic went hand in hand either. Um, basically what I'm saying is I never had any idea about anything.
0: <laughs> yeah. Really? So, not- but you just felt for some reason, you felt drawn towards doing tarot right. and kind of, you know did you like did you even know that you were drawn to it or you just kind of ended up in that shop and yeah, you're like no I knew I was yeah. drawn to it I mean, okay. there were way I mean you know I, I know Halloween
1: was always like my absolute favorite I couldn't wait I couldn't wait mm-hmm. and just, I felt comfortable and that type of thing and then um, after I started reading tarot I would do it in the closet, basically, like I would have my friends come over in the evenings, I was too scared to admit um, that I was doing it because I was a Lutheran.
0: And uh, so yeah, it was a really weird, awkward stage in my life. But um, I think it's really important, though. And actually, I was going to ask you about that. Because I think so many of us start in the sort of like spiritual closet, because we're afraid of what our family's going to think how we're going to be judged, you know, and that fear is so big and visceral. I mean, for so many reasons, but maybe talk a little bit more about that, you know, from the religious perspective, Yeah. what were you, you know, what were you afraid of or what did that look like?
1: So I grew up going to church every Sunday. We never missed it. And I, um, would go to Sunday school before that. And then, um, you know, had to read the entire Bible to be confirmed in seventh and eighth grade. And so I was in, in it. Right. And, um, it it wasn't necessarily something I felt drawn to as far as religion goes. It was more, my dad wanted us to do that. And um, I wasn't against it. It's just the last thing I wanted to do was get up early and go to, go to, you know, Sunday school and stuff on, on the weekends. But as I grew older and, um, you know, started to kind of come into my own, I questioned a lot of things about um, my religion and there were just a lot of questions that I had that couldn't be answered. And one of the biggest ones was, um, you know, why we're supposed to not have anything to do with psychics and mediums and, and things like that. And, you know, there's just this huge taboo. We don't talk about it. We don't whatever. Um, and so it, it took me a really long time to get to the point where I did. And the only solace that I really found in it was kind of comparing other things that I found in the Bible, to what they were saying about me, things like, um, you know, the, the Bible saying that bestiality is okay. That slavery is okay. That beating is okay. Um, but being stoning, stoning a woman to death, right? but, um, you know, being gay and eating shrimp is not okay. So I kind of started to like put things together and I finally, honestly, like this year. So after, you know, 10 years of doing this five years of doing it professional, I kind of finally have gotten to a place in my life where, um, I found a balance between religion and, and my beliefs and, um, what I do. And it feels very freeing. Um, Mm. but basically it all boiled down to a book, I mean, that's what it boiled down to because my belief in God and my belief in Jesus was still there. Um, mm-hmm. I believed in Jesus as a prophet. I thought his story was bomb. I right. did believe in the archangels. Um, I mean, I think it's totally cynical for us to think that there aren't angels out there or that you know there yeah. is anything else out there. But um I've finally come to a, a realization that the one thing that was standing in my way, um to the one thing that was making it hard for me to move freely, um, as a psychic medium who also has a background in religion was a book. And so when I came to that realization and I, and I looked at all the, you know, pros and cons and everything about it, I just realized, you know, I can do this. I can love him and, and, um, look at Jesus as an ascended master um, believe in an all-knowing source and still be psychic and a medium and a good person.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't really, I wasn't released, I wasn't raised in a religious setting, but, um, but I've, I mean, interestingly, I've kind of gone through some of those same struggles because, you know, a lot of the Uber religious, I mean, they're straight up saying, if you're intuitive, you're working with demons, you're, you know, talking to the devil, like right. really bad stuff. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know that there was a part of me for a while. It was like, dang, what if they're right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, what if this is bad? Um, but I, I'm, I'm right there with you where I say, like, I have a wonderful connection with Jesus and other ascended masters. And I believe, I believe in a higher source and a higher power. And, um, I actually believe that the things that I believe seem to be what Jesus believed as well. You know, he was he was a healer and an intuitive and I agree a prophet and the mystic. And, um, yeah, so it's just an interesting thing for people to kind of reconcile and bring together. And I know for me, I've been working through a lot of, I, I believe ancestral programming around it because I didn't really get it in this life, but somehow it was still in me in, on some level. Yeah. Or maybe past life stuff, you know? Wow. That's interesting. Um, did, did
1: I tell you about the, um, situation, uh, I went on a a trip with our good friend Chantel and, Mm -hmm. um, we were actually, I was telling her I've, I'm, I'm being told constantly that I'm supposed to be working with an ascended master, but I have no idea which one, where to start. There's so many, I don't know anything about them. Um, and she had said something about who are you pulled to, or I don't know, I don't know how we got on the topic of it, but I said, I really feel like I'm supposed to work with Jesus. And, um, but I said, I have this fear within me that he's going to judge me or, um, try to transform me from a spiritualist to, you know, a Christian, or I don't know what I was thinking, but yeah. in just that moment we were, we were sitting in Florida and in the sky, this, uh, plane writes praise
0: Jesus in the sky. Oh my gosh. Wow. Right above
1: us. So, um, we both got a big old laugh oh. out of that and she was like, well, there is your answer. <laughs>
0: So yeah, <laughs> doesn't get much more clear than that. <laughs>
1: no, I couldn't believe it, honestly. And so then I later did a meditation uh, with him and still even just talking about this makes me feel insane. But I did a meditation later um, after that vacation and spoke with Jesus and he said, you are doing to me exactly what other people do to you. You're judging me. You're thinking that I'm gonna try to change your beliefs or your systems. You're assuming that, you know, um what I what you're doing is bad in my eyes, and
0: that's not how I feel. It was a really profound emotional wow. Yeah. 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 And and that all makes sense to me because again, I feel very connected to Jesus. I really do. And as a non-religious person, people have a really hard time with that. But um and 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 honestly, people don't like this conversation, but The truth is Jesus wasn't a Christian. Mm -hmm. He had his teachings and he did his thing. And he, he came to the planet going, I'm not going to do it the way they're doing it. Right. And I feel like that's what a lot of us are doing going, yes, those are the rules. That's what, that's how you want me to play the game. But like, there's something else inside of me that says, I'm going to do it in a new way. Yeah. And I'm going to do it connected to spirit and I'm going to do it with my intuition and I'm going to be loving at the same time, you know? Yeah. So
1: I, I know I look at him like he. I just have a whole new perspective on him. And, um, I'm almost a little embarrassed to say that it took me so long to get, to get to that point. I mean, I've always
0: had my heart open to him, but, uh, you know, on a different level, but, um, it's it kind of, I think it felt like, it seems to me like it felt like if I, if I fully embrace that, then I'm embracing all the baggage of, (laughs) the rest of it. Right. Which basically
1: says that what I'm doing isn't okay. So that's uncomfortable and, and and I don't want to not do what I'm doing. It's crazy because I haven't even told anybody this and I planned on, um, you know, working it into my book somehow or something, but I was doing dishes yesterday and I got to thinking about this whole situation with Jesus. And when I was in confirmation camp, our pastor gave each one of us our own, um, uh, passage from the Bible, and that was our passage. We got a, you know, frame, saying it, and everything. And um, I was just standing there thinking about how much I love my children, and you know, they're getting ready to go to their dads this weekend. It's the last thing that I wanted to do. I miss them. I want to be with them twenty four seven. I'm absolutely compulsively obsessed with my kids and being with them mm-hmm. as much as humanly possible. And it occurred to me, my um, my passage was John three sixteen. Which is you know, uh, I, he, for, he gave up his only begotten son and I got to thinking, oh wow, oh, like someone who um, wow. takes being a mother to the extreme, I have goosebumps, but taking being a wow. mother to the extreme, that made so much sense uh-huh. you know and it kind of made me I don't know, I don't know what yeah, it means. Yeah. it just blew my mind for a minute but
0: oh yeah, I mean those kinds of synchronicities, you can't make that stuff up. I do want you to tell the story of what that first like real experience was. Cause I just love that story.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So realizing that I was psychic and realizing that I was medium was two totally different situations. Um, in fact, I didn't even know that I was psychic until I was about uh, 26. I went to Salem, Massachusetts, and I got a psychic reading by this really awesome psychic. Um, his name's Anthony and it's odd because i've never been able to get in touch with him again no matter how many oh, that times that is I weird stopped, no matter how many times i even had his cell phone from that day nothing That's crazy I gone i know so he he said um you are going to be a really uh really good psychic and um, that's going to happen about age 28 And I remember thinking, you know, I just bought the salon and that was the last thing that I wanted to do. And even if I was psychic, there was no way in hell that I would come out and tell people that I was. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of remember thinking, man, everything he said about that reading was spot on, except for that psychic part. There is no way I would do that. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. So, uh, that was a long plane ride home, me thinking about that. And obviously that eventually came, uh, to fruition, uh, at about t- age 25 was when I, or 27 was when I realized, okay, this is a thing. Wow! And then about a year later, I, after I had started doing psychic readings for people, I, um, I had a really good friend of mine who was also at the time married to a psychic medium. And she told me that she would really like for me to come to uh, Peoria, Illinois, to a spirit circle. And I felt like that was um, not something that I needed to do. And like I said, I was obsessed with my children. So I did not want to leave them. I didn't want to spend three hours on the road. You know, I didn't want to pay the $30 to go. It just wasn't something I wanted to do. You were
0: not feeling drawn towards it at all.
1: Right, right. Which I think that's kind of an important lesson. And until I told that story just now, I never realized (laughs) that I wasn't drawn to that. Isn't that
0: interesting? Yeah, and I've told this story like a million times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what we call yeah. resistance. That's like hardcore <laughs> resistance to what spirit's was- trying to show us.
1: <laughs> oh my God. I was hardcore resistance. Absolutely. I drew my feet all the way. Yeah. But I uh so I ended up going to this. What happened was I got off the phone with my friend Barb and she's like, just consider coming, please. I really think you need to be here. I get off the phone with her, and not five minutes later, my mom calls me and she said, Hey we're going to take all the kids for the, for the weekend. Um, could you bring London and ledger by later this evening? And I'm like, wow. Yeah. She's
0: like, I yeah, don't plan on getting them back until Sunday. You know, the, just the, out of the blue. Right. And is that something that she did? Like, like just randomly, yeah. Hey, I'm going to take your kids for the weekend. That's that's really unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's once in a blue moon. I can count on one
1: hand how many times that's actually happened. And it's usually a big scheduled thing. And we know it's right. going to happen. And this was just totally out of the blue. So, um, after I got off the phone with her, I'm sitting there and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> my friend, friend bar messages me. And she said, um, Hey, if you can find a
0: babysitter for the kids, I will pay for your ticket to come. And, um, Oh my gosh. They were like hitting it from all the angles. <laughs> all the spirit guides were like, all right, I got this person over here. You got this person over here. We're going to work on her. They're going to take the kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I 2020, I kind of feel bad that I had to make them work so hard to, to, to get, oh, that's what they're, heart. that's what they're here for.
1: <laughs> I'm very skeptical and I'm very analytical,
0: you know? So I'm, I'm also
1: Anyways, So, um, I was like, all right, all right, all right. I'll be there. I'll be there tomorrow. And so, uh, I get there and I'm sitting in the back next to my friend, Barb, and, um, I get this really profound, there's like three other psychics up there. And then there's 30 people in this room and I'm sitting in the very back with everybody else in the room. Who's hoping to get a reading. And I get this very profound um, craving for uh, grape jelly. And mm. it was so bad that, I mean, I was ready to like go to the restaurant next door and try to find a packet and just eat it. It was very intense. And so okay. I said to my friend, Barb, I'm like, I have never craved grape jelly like I'm craving it right now. And the lady on the other side of me just burst into tears. <laughs> and she said, oh. "My husband was obsessed with grape jelly. In fact, he was known for carrying around little packets of it so that he could put it on anything and everything. Like that was his thing. He was obsessed with grape jelly." Oh my jelly. gosh. And in that moment, and I slowly looked at Barb and I looked back and that was the moment that oh my I realized gosh. How this all works and how subtle it's always been. I mean, it was it was almost like when you see in the movies how um, everything comes at you. <laughs> That's how it was. It's like the room got smaller, and I had a million flashbacks um, of times where I felt these types of things happen and never said anything. Mm-hmm. And and it all made so much sense. And so oh,
0: it just took yeah. one little situation to prove to me that. That was it. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. So I think that brings me to a really important question that I, I continue, you know, I call myself the second grade psychic and I I hate that you do that because you're an incredible psychic. I, I mean, I've got, I've got, I've got my moments for sure, but, and I've come a long way, you know, a really, really long way, but I like to make fun of myself, you know, whenever I can. Um, and I have a long way to go, I guess is my point, but if people are learning to connect well let's let's break that up into two questions so what do you recommend to people if they right now today are like you know what i have weird experiences like that too i wonder if i should start investigating this where do you where do you think they should start kind of trying to open up to that and and get more in touch with it
1: right so um i do something called a psychic assessment where i sit down with someone and basically just go over all of the different um experiences that they've had and um and then I'll do like a energy test with them basically ask them to read me um this does not have to be something that you pay uh somebody to do you can do this on your own Mm -hmm. so you know sit down with they can't it can't be somebody super close to you but um you know, maybe ask a friend's friend to come over to her house and then just sit and start writing down everything that's coming to your mind. Absolutely everything with no, no, um, you know, map, no destination in mind, just Mm -hmm. write down everything and then see how much of that stuff connects with the person that you're sitting to that you don't know anything about. That's a really easy, quick way to, um, Kind of size up where you're at. If you are on point, um, everything you're saying is making sense, then my suggestion would be um, that you seek out a mentor. Okay. Um, I didn't have a mentor. I had to learn everything that I learned from books and um, just, you know, listening to my guides. And eventually I did end up studying out east with some incredible, amazing psychics and mediums. But um, I would highly suggest finding a mentor. Or just taking a general tarot or psychic class. Okay, even, good. If, even if you know that you are a medium or you think that you're a medium, I would always st- uh, start on the psychic end of things, mm-hmm. always, mm-hmm. because that has to be developed first. And I don't think a lot of people understand you can be psychic without being a medium, right. but you cannot be a
0: medium without being psychic. Okay. Yeah. That so makes
1: developing sense. that psychic ability, that into raw intuition, is like the most important first step. Yeah. And of course, that starts with confidence in yourself, which is so unbelievably hard. Right. You can, you can get over the confidence bump, um, and and begin to trust yourself, have mm-hmm. confidence in yourself, and trust yourself. After that,
0: you're unstoppable. Yeah. That was so. going to be my next question, though: is how how do we you know, I mean, I use tapping when it comes to trusting myself. If I feel myself like feeling that self-doubt creep in, I'll do the tapping and try to, you know, do some deep, deeper digging and figuring out what that is. And that's super helpful, but I do think, well, what's your perspective on that? Cause I feel like so many times, and I have clients that are working through the same thing where they are really good at connecting and getting things, but that self-doubt is just huge. I, I feel like a lot of that is like past life persecution stuff that they're working through. So a lot, you- of it,
1: a lot of it is past life stuff, but um, not not all of it. And the reason that I say that is because um, I feel like our ego actually plays a bigger part in all of this than a lot of people realize. Mm-hmm. And you know, our egos were put in place to keep us safe, to keep us from doing silly things and making silly mistakes that would make us look um, less reputable or Crazy or you know whatever fear in general, and so I really think it starts with um, developing a healthier relationship with your own ego, <laughs> because once you do that and you um, you say, hey, it is it is okay to be wrong. Give yourself permission to be wrong, and then once you do that, there's like I said, there's no stopping you. If you're wrong about it, you're wrong about it. What's the big yeah, deal? I love that. I, I started out not charging a thing. And I try to tell my students to do this. They don't all listen to me, but I I started out not charging a thing because I realized how unbelievably important building my confidence was. Mm -hmm. And I could not build my confidence if I was concerned about being wrong and taking someone's money. So I just cut the money part out of it. Yep. And I did reading upon reading upon reading upon reading until eventually those no's that I would get in the readings where people be like, that doesn't make sense to me would eventually come back to me. And this only took like a month or two Mm -hmm. before, you know, people were telling me, Oh my God, you were right about this. You were right about this. And it was so hard in the very beginning to sit there and bring up what I was saying and have someone look at me and say, no, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, almost after every reading, there was at least two, three, sometimes four no's. It was devastating, Mm -hmm. but because I gave myself permission to be wrong and because I did not charge and I gave it a couple months to build
0: up my, that confidence before I got into it, hardcore, that changed everything. I think that's awesome advice. And I, I went, I did the same thing with my tapping profession because yeah. I did. Yeah, I totally did. And it's interesting because I, I hear that there's a lot of mentors that will say to just start charging something right out of the gate. And I disagree with that completely for all the reasons that you just said, because I think that we have to, we have to practice. We can't just go from like, I just started this thing all the way to, I'm a really awesome professional. There has to be a, like a space of practice in between where we do just give ourselves some grace and release the pressure of someone just paid me money. Now I need to perform on this really high level. And I, I did do that. Now I do think that I would not recommend that people do it exactly in the way that I did because It took me way too long to, to own my worth and my value as a talented practitioner, but yes, I think starting and just, I love that you said, like giving yourself permission to go. So maybe we'll get some things wrong. I'm, you know, I'm practicing. I'm just, I'm just figuring this out and nobody goes from like zero to 60. Right, We have to go through. The discomfort of not being really good at something first, <laughs> yeah. Or maybe well. we are really good at it, but we have to kind, of, like you said, just kind of gain the trust and, um, I don't know, just get get our legs underneath us a little bit before we hit the ground running. You started your business pretty quickly though. After that, right? Like, so you practiced for a couple of months and then you just like launched right in because it seemed like by the time I met you, you were already like on the road doing shows and well, you know, working with clients one on one. I'm a Gemini, so I don't do anything slow,
1: but, um, yeah, the moment that, um, I finally felt confident enough and, um, I was getting the go ahead from my guides was, was when I did it and it didn't take long. It was, I would probably say four or five months of just steady readings, um, people coming over to my house that I didn't know my friend's family, my friends, friends, and, um, yeah, four or five months. And then I didn't start doing platform mediumship until a little bit after that, uh, and classes and stuff like that. None of that developed until about two years in, but just the raw reading, uh,
0: about four or five months. And I was, did you feel, did you feel like when you were a hairdresser, did you feel like you were in the right space where you like, I am, you know, this is exactly what I mean. Yeah. What did that feel like?
1: Um, empty. It was really, it felt really empty. Um, I remember, I remember when I decided to actually go to cosmetology school, the reason that I did it was because I felt empty because I felt like There has to be something out there that um will fulfill me. And this seems to be something that I can do and be express myself. There weren't many jobs that I'd worked where I I could really express myself, I guess is the word I'm I'm looking for. Um so yeah, no, I felt empty and awkward and I I never truly found the same passion in it that the people that I went to college with did. And that Mm-hmm. it was kind of sad, but I didn't know any better at that point in time. I just thought this is, Hey, you know, I make my own hours. I make my own money. I don't have a boss. This is great.
0: Yeah. But I didn't yeah.
1: realize that that substance, that purpose um yeah. was missing.
0: It's painful, mm-hmm. right? When we're not quite aligned with what our soul wants. It's like, even if things are okay, if they're good or you're fine, it's like, there's a real pain and um, discomfort when we're not aligned with what we're here to do. Yeah, And I know for me, it shows up. I get like, I lose all of my energy. I'm tired all the time. Um, brain fog. Like, I just feel like I'm, I mean, empty for sure is a great word, but I just feel like I'm kind of walking in a cloud. Yeah. And then the second I find something that like really clicks in finds that alignment it's like, it's like, I'm on crack with energy. Yeah. It just like flows through me and it's so big. And it's so, I mean, it's so expansive. Um, yeah. And I wanted to ask you about that. Cause I think so many people are like living chronically in that space and their soul is trying so hard to line things up, to help them to pay attention to those, those little breadcrumbs and those little pieces that kind of light us up. But, um, so I'm assuming that when you, when you had that experience with the grape jelly, <laughs> Did you feel that what I'm talking about where it's like, Oh, like this energy of like, whoa.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's what I felt the first time I held a deck of cards. That's what I felt the first time I did a reading that, um, you know, a hundred percent, every step of the way, the person was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, this makes sense. Um, there was nothing that fulfilled me in that way. Aside from being a mother, then, um, than this did. So, um, like I said, I, I knew that I was empty, but I didn't know what I was missing because I didn't know that this was what I was missing. And I didn't write that like to be fulfilled. I hadn't been that way yet. Other like I said, other than being a mom, I had a I didn't know what I was missing. It just felt yeah. confusing.
0: Yeah. Same. I mean, I didn't know that I was going to like launch on a whole journey. I had no idea, but I do remember that place of just feeling like, there got to be something, you know, I just, this just doesn't feel good. And just kind of felt like I was walking around as a shell. And, yeah. um, the really, thing that I remember really good way to yeah, mind. yeah. Like a shell just, and the thing that I remember looking back on, and I, I find this really funny now is that I was obsessed with those like ghost hunter shows, <laughs> Yeah, I loved them, but now I get it because I'm so interested in all of this spiritual stuff. I, that was like a, an outlet for me to, yeah. to reach that, even though it seems so silly now, but looking back on it, that was my, information. My outlet was Halloween. I mean, yeah. I thought this is the only
1: connection that I have right this is it yeah
0: yes this is it yeah and i'm the same like i went through um we had a bunch of family in town and it was it was really great but there was a, a little bit of turmoil and i was feeling really heavy and kind of drained and i went and picked up a deck of cards and instantly i felt what you were talking about i was like zing and i was like oh yeah i just need to do some yeah. things that are life giving and energy giving for me and Um, yeah, it doesn't have to be these like huge, profound life shifts. Like we had just, I think if people just follow those little tiny breadcrumbs of that energy, they'll be led on the path and life will be so much more fulfilling. Um, I have, I have one more question. Well, actually I have a couple more. I don't know how you are on time, but I am just curious. I mean, the last couple of years with all of the loss that we've had, in the world. What has that been like for you as a medium? I mean, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine.
1: Right. So, um, I kind of, my new norm is, um, you know, I I never really thought about it until you actually just said that Uh, so many amazing things are coming out of this. Um, (laughs) so I, Yeah, I used to be able to go out and sit down and eat and not have any issues, you know, easy to turn it on, easy to turn it off. Um, And now I'm kind of to a point where um, I don't know if I've hit a higher level. I don't know if it is this, you know, the pandemic. I I have no idea, but I have definitely noticed an increase in um, spirit approaching me and, and having to relay that message in a setting that is not work related. So, um, there's that. And then about seven months ago, I was on my way to a show and I got extremely sick for absolutely no reason. I, I, do, I still to this day don't know why. Um, mm. so I had to cancel the show and on the way home, I got a download from my guides that said, this was necessary, um, for you to go to the next level. I had no idea what that meant, but I assumed that it had something to do with, with this. And, uh, it was after that things, I mean, I started, I couldn't pick up a person's full name. Um, and now I'm able to do that at times. I couldn't, um, you know, there are just so many different things that I couldn't do that after that really crazy day where I just felt totally ill, um, I've been able to pick up more, but even since 2020, um, it's hard to go anywhere without, feeling the presence of spirit
0: before it wasn't yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just so many people have lost loved ones so close together. I can't even imagine. Are there any messages that you're, I mean, and this might be a complete no, but like, are there any messages that you, the loved ones are getting about what's been happening over the last couple of years or any, any like common themes, I guess, with the messages coming through?
1: Um,
0: The only one that I can Think
1: of and it makes me a little nervous to speak about it because I am in no way shape or form political I'm not for or against the vaccine so I need to put put that out there right Um, right but I have had several several uh spirits bring up the fact that um that the vaccine somehow had something to do with their passing and that to me um is is off wow but I will say, yeah. I will say, even with this pandemic, um, nothing has touched our planet, in my opinion, as a medium, uh, as far as cause of death goes, like overdose. Even still to this yeah. day, I still, that is like the
0: most common, the most often. It's just, yeah. It's happening just every day, and I don't remember, unfortunately, what the statistic was that I read, but it was shocking.
1: Who I love, it was. Sh- I
0: know, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It is shocking, and there's tons of shows out there on Netflix, and you know, all over. I mean, p- people have been making shows about uh, overdose and uh, opioids and everything for yeah. for years, but um, gosh, it just still blows my mind. I really thought that I would begin to see more COVID cases, more COVID related passings, um, over,
0: over drug related, but no. Dang. Oh man. It's, and I think so much of that goes back to people not having that connection with their spiritual or their higher self or connection to the universe, to God, you know, and just being so cut off and isolated, um, it breaks your heart.
1: There's a million different, there's a million different reasons why it happened. You know, it's not I, it's whether it's intentional or not intentional It's 50, 50 always. I mean, there isn't Mm. any, um, I haven't seen one or the other, but it's definitely, um,
0: I think an epidemic that we have kind of lost sight of since the, I agree. I think it was an epidemic even prior to 2020, but Oh yeah, it's a lot. <clears throat> um, I'd love to shift gears a little bit and go back to talking about intuition, but you know, you've been on a massive healing journey, like all of us, right. All of us in the healing mystical arts, whatever you want to call it. It's like, you can't be here without trying to figure yourself out yeah. and trying to offload the parts of us and the things inside of us that aren't serving our highest good. So what has what has your healing journey looked like? And how has that how has that impacted your intuition and your connection?
1: Um, it's, (laughs) woo. So I had, um, I had a lot inside that I didn't realize was even affecting me. I'm kind of one of those people that, you know, I'll go through something and then I put it in my past and it's gone and I don't think about it. And Mm -hmm. I know when I first met you, as far as, um, just emotional healing in general goes, I was not educated in it. I was not well-versed. And I will be completely honest. I was a bit of a skeptic because it wasn't mm-hmm. something I knew anything about. Sure. Um, so my healing journey really began when I met you. And that was oh, wow. That was um, an incredible pivotal moment uh, in life. And, you know, I know we, we started with um, some pain that I had in my wrist and then one day um I remember telling you, I wanted to work on my weight and out of the blue, um, I began to start tapping on my own after working with you and while tapping one day on my weight. I had a vision of, um, a time when I was raped and that was something that was so far gone. It wasn't right. something I'd thought about. It
0: didn't long time tell. ago. Yeah.
1: I didn't even tell. I didn't even tell my parents. I mean, it was just so gone. Yeah. But I yeah. Can remember tapping um, and feeling water like coming out of my face, not tears, water.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and yeah.
1: After I was done looking down at my shirt and being like, "What the hell just happened?" And, <sighs> and I remember um, calling you, sitting in a gas station, and like, "You are not going to believe what I just realized."
0: Uh, yeah. And I remember
1: that girl, the clouds in the sky was bluer. The grass was greener. It was literally like someone took, um, the film and removed it from my eyes. And after that, I had begun at that point in time, I was 222 pounds. And, um, after that I was able to begin a weight loss journey and be substantially motivated. Um, I had no desire from that point on for sweets or carbs or, you know, whatever, not that I, I still totally still eat those things, but, sure. um, I was able to manage that. I didn't feel like I had to eat those feelings
0: and that's right. Done. Your relationship with it completely changed. Right.
1: And so, you know, shifting from, you know, 222 pounds to now almost 70 pound weight loss, it was um it it played probably the most vital role uh, ever yeah. in my in my ability to read
0: yeah and then, and then you felt like your intuitive skills yeah. also kind of bumped up after that 100% wow do you feel like your subconscious was was put, like putting a protective layer around you cuz i know that that's not always the case with people but you know you were i mean you're still gorgeous you were a I don't know how old, 20 something model, you know, um, I mean, just really stunning and this really horrific thing happened to you. And a lot of times our subconscious mind will go like, I'm going to protect myself from that, you know, and, and that's when the eating starts. I think it's partially, you know, emotionally to eat the feelings, to kind of subdue the pain. That's exactly what I
1: feel like happened. I feel like it was, I'm gonna make sure nobody ever looks at me like
0: that yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that was nice. My- oh, I appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. I think I know that every time I find something inside that I thought it was over, <laughs> like I had dealt with that. It's fine. I mean, I don't really think that anymore. I'm always like, I know there's more. Yeah. Um, but I know that every time I find something big, and sometimes it's a shocking. Shockingly, not big event, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. But it, I've had it's everywhere I'm like, right. What? Yeah. And I have this like gigantic emotional release. It's like I feel like every day moving forward, every second of every day moving forward, I'm a different person and I'm instantly more connected. Right. It's like my intuition instantly gets better and I'm more aligned and more clear. Um, And so I think, I think just from the intuition perspective, I would love for people to dig in and be like, I wonder what's in there just so that they can get that connection stronger. I mean, among a million other reasons, but there
1: there is something unbelievably satisfying about once you realize that you can release, um, you know, negative emotion from your body, there, it is so unbelievably satisfying. So I have a timer on my phone now where, um, you know, every day at a certain time I will sit and I'll sit with how, how am I feeling right now? How am I feeling today before I do my, my appointments? And oftentimes that results in tapping. And awesome. so
0: yeah, essentially changed my life, Kelly. Oh girl, you made me cry. I'm getting all, I'm getting all like teary and like goosebumpy over here. <laughs> I 100%. Um, mm, it's the truth. Yeah. but it is Do you so feel satisfying. like it's fine. It's like cleaning. It is mouth. so satisfying. Oh my God. It feels so good. It feels like you take like a huge winter coat, you know, like a heavy parka and it just, and like toss it off and you're like, huh, you someone, know, someone once described it to me as, um,
1: <laughs> and I, this is not me, but as Popping a pimple,
0: they're like, <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. Oh, I completely, I am at one hundred percent a pimple popper, and I love that. <laughs> I yeah. can relate to that. Somebody, said, but yeah, you know, like like that satisfaction of the burst, and then just like the peace afterwards. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I yeah. love it I love it okay so because I know that you teach a manifestation class and I love your manifestation class by the way um class Well thank you darling they go well together Indeed. I guess we should at some point we should talk about the energy enlightenment tour too maybe we'll wrap that in at the end but what do you think I guess in in you know in addition to what we just talked about how has that healing work helped your manifestation process?
1: it's spearheaded it tremendously and in fact the very first thing that I say in my manifestation class is that you have to read I, t- I talk about it almost like um trying to make an amazing cake in a disgusting kitchen it's it's really, mm. really hard to to um make this cake with you know Clean environment, there's no um grease from last night from bacon, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, really I love that analogy to cook in a, a dirty kitchen, and so I'm like, you got to clean your shit up first. I start with the physical pain. If you have any ailment uh within your body that's causing you an issue, go get it looked at, figure out what nice. it is, and treat it. Whether you treat it, you know, with medication or tapping or whatever,
0: treat it. Pay attention to it. <laughs> and yeah.
1: once you've got that undertow, um, start on your emotional situation. How are you emotionally? And, and once you get yourself balanced emotionally and you work through some of the issues that you might have that are plaguing you daily, um, then you can, with a fresh mind, uh, and, and a balanced, uh, mindset begin to manifest, but those two things have to happen before you can really begin to manifest. And, you know, um, it just goes to show you right there, when I cleared out this um, negative energy that I was holding on to these emotions about someone doing that to me, I went crazy, I was able to, I started running, I
0: started eating healthy. Yeah. Um. And then it just like snowballed. Yeah. From there it was so fast too. Yeah. I mean, it like you clicked into gear and all that stuff that was holding you back. I mean, it was really beautiful to watch unfold. Cause it just, it was like, I saw you just come out and it was like, Oh, there she is. <laughs> you know? And
1: you know, it's funny. Second grade psychic um, <laughs> because I would sit at, and at night and lay in bed and i struggle very bad with insomnia. Um, I've since treated that, but I would sit in bed and say, To myself, there she is. There she is. I'm gonna be there. There she is. I would say that to myself. Wow. I don't think I ever told you that. So I have never heard you say that. No.
0: I love that. Never told anybody that. But
1: I would say that, that was like my mantra. There she is.
0: Oh wow. I mean, I had like a very clear image of it. Like. There she is. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Oh, do you have any fun manifestation stories? Like what's one of the coolest things that you focused on and like raised your vibe Definitely, and then manifested? Yeah. So, um,
1: love for sure. Um, when yeah. I began this journey, at least professionally, I was in the, I was in the middle of a divorce and, um, that was just, Oh my gosh! You were with me through that whole journey. That was really rough and hard and confusing, and it was awful. And so, I had to work through that and and really clear out the you know the person that I was with before. I had to work on that energy and and really get myself to a, a point where um, I was moving forward, clean and clear, a brand new slate. Because you can't move into a relationship and take you know your your last person with you and all their situation and issues right. How they hurt you and what they did to you. And, um, so <laughs> what I ended up doing was, um, I tapped with you on some of that and, and I tapped with myself. And then, um, once I got to a really good space, I, I asked my guides, I said, okay, I think that I'm ready for love. I think I'm ready to do this. Um, can you just give me like, an idea of what I'm looking for, and they said um, right away, like with no, there was no delay. They were like, "You're not going to like his sign." Now, if they had not told me that I wasn't going to like his sign, I
0: I forgot about that.
1: I would have ran in the opposite direction. Uh, they said he's going to have distinctive teeth. You'll know him by his mark. Um, he does have distinct teeth. He does have a pentagram. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes. um you know they told me several things about him and then they told me to go home and write down what I wanted and so when I got home that night I went home and I wrote down absolutely everything and I always joke about this but I mean I wrote down everything right down to the size uh, and,
0: you know, of important
1: parts <laughs> was, I mean you know it's important. It is. And the best part about this story was um, I, he came into my life almost immediately after doing that. But the one thing that I left out on, on writing everything out that I wanted in him was uh, his taste in music. And most people know that I'm kind of a metal and rock fan. He's a huge country fan. And that was yeah. one and only thing that I did not write down on that paper. And, you know, he's turned me into a country fan. So I I absolutely love and adore country music now. But um, I just found it very funny that of all, you know, the things, every number was hit. And so, yeah, that... That was pretty powerful. And I've made up so many different things since then, but manifestation was something I didn't believe in either in the beginning.
0: Yeah. So isn't that funny? I mean, we all, I feel like all of us are on this, this path of just deepening our faith and kind of remembering the truth of what's out there, you know, and it's like, we start one place and then it goes deeper Mm -hmm. and then something happens and it goes deeper and then something happens and it goes deeper. And I mean, I still get my mind blown all the time by things. At the end of the day, the one key to manifestation, the
1: only key to manifestation is the feeling. So yes. leaving uh, and feeling that you deserve it or that you already have it, or, you know, this is yes. what I would do if I had it. That's, yes. that's the key. And so in your mind, you're thinking you, you set up a
0: plan. This
1: is what I would do
0: if yeah I had this for free. Well, there you go. Yeah, exactly. It just popped right in. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's the thing that I preached to everyone too, is like you don't need to know how or the specifics. I mean, I love writing down the specifics just to give ourselves like a direction, of course. But I feel like if we focus on the feeling and we focus on being lit up and finding the places that actually raise our energy on that emotional side, right. we like we almost can't get it wrong because right. we're manifesting from that energy. And so things just have a way of working themselves out.
1: You can't, you can't get it wrong. You're absolutely right. That's a perfect. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm actually going to do a whole episode of just talking about like where I got manifestation wrong in the beginning.
1: Great idea.
0: Yeah. Because, um, and if you have any, like any insights on that, you can email me, you know, cause in the beginning, I really, I thought it was, of course, thoughts are important, but I didn't get that that idea that we're talking about, like really, yes, the thoughts, but the thoughts are creating feelings. Right. And if you can, if you can harness the power of your feelings, then, um, you're really in the power. The thoughts are just kind of like a side effect. I feel like,
1: right. You can sit there all day and say, I deserve love. I deserve love. I deserve love. Use that as a mantra, put it on your screen, whatever. But if you Mm -hmm. don't leave and feel it, if you don't feel like you deserve love, or whatever the hell it is that you want to manifest, it's, you're not going to get it. So it's just a thought. It's just
0: a thought. There's no energy behind it. Yeah. And I feel like so many people are getting manifestation wrong in that, in that vein. And I, the other thing is we're always manifesting, right? Like no matter what, we're always manifesting. That's so four um, seven. yeah, we might as well start like kind of harnessing the power of that and using it for raising the vibe of the entire freaking planet. Right. Yeah. Girl, this has been fun. I could do this literally all day long with you. I know. I'm
1: gonna-
0: oh, let me look and see if there's any other questions, maybe some short ones. I think I covered them.
1: Hey, does Melanie mean anything to you? Melanie,
0: not right offhand.
1: Well, I think that maybe this has something to do with um, maybe a, a subscriber.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah,
1: I mean, I edit that out, but I just, for some reason, felt like I needed to tell you that.
0: Interesting. I'm probably going to open my email and have an email from a Melanie. Hopefully. So interesting. Does it feel like good news or bad news? (laughs)
1: Yeah. It's it's heart (laughs) next to it, so for sure.
0: Nice. I love that. Oh, girl, I love you. Thank you so much for doing this. And I miss you too.
1: I'll be in... um, I'll be in Columbia June 11th, but I have a show you meet like the next day in Kirksville. So I'll okay. be driving straight home, going to bed, getting up the next day. No, I
0: get it. I think I'm going to be gone that weekend. Anyway, my weekends are so crazy. Um, how can people find you if they want to connect with you? You know, what's so, what um, like?
1: I have a website, www.brittanybuckwalter.com, but, uh, I really prefer just messages through Facebook. So okay. I have uh, Brittany Buckwalter is,
0: uh, the uncensored medium.
1: Yeah, that's And make it. sure
0: you follow the right account because there's all kinds of Yahoos out there copying.
1: I don't understand it. I don't know why, but uh, they. Are.
0: what do you have coming up just in the next like couple of months?
1: So I have a Columbia event, j- June 11th, um, mm-hmm. I believe that's a Saturday. And then I have an event in Kirksville, Missouri, uh, right after that. So trying to think, I think those are the only two, uh, Springfield, Illinois in July, Okay. And then I'm going to be in Springfield, Missouri and Tennessee later this year.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And hopefully, so Brittany and I with another, um, spiritual author and hypnotherapist Chantel Renee, um, do an event called the energy enlightenment tour. And, oh my God, those events are so fun. Hopefully we can get our stuff together and get our schedules aligned so that we can get one of those planned. and keep talking about maybe doing a retreat. So maybe keep your eye out for that too. yeah, I do too. Just a lot of
1: planning and a lot of work and I don't think people understand how much goes No, in. I
0: know how much goes in on the on the back end. I mean even just like just doing a quick event on Instagram or Facebook, it's like there's so many little things behind the scenes that you don't realize people do until you have to do it yourself and then you're like, "Whoa." <laughs> exactly. At least that's how I always feel. I'm like, "Eesh."
1: Yep, my assistant and I were just having that conversation.
0: So, I yeah. get- but we will get something going for sure. I need to manifest one of those assistants that can do that stuff for me. Yeah. Working yeah. on it. Working on it. Calling it in right now as we speak. All yeah. right, girl. Well, thank you. Yeah. Hey, you made it to the end. I want to thank you for being a part of the Manny Lab pod. It means the absolute world to me please consider heading over to Instagram and Facebook and liking and following so that you can stay up to date on all the content that's rolling out. Also, don't forget to follow on YouTube, the Manifestation Lab, so that you can see what we're doing with these meditations and this tapping thing. It helps to be able to see what we're doing. I'll see you in the next episode.